Well, folks, welcome to One More Edition of Politics and Random. Bertoli's host. Thank you so kind of being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. As usual, I have a great interview with an activist who was pretty much... And I, I, the reason I decided to play this one now is because of what happened in Tennessee where uh, that, that guy was beaten up by five officers and murdered. Um, I tell you, those officers have something coming to them because... Uh, they don't qualify under the type of criminal justice system that we have for the leniency that others get. So they are going to get what's coming to them. I, I think Mr. Therese's name, ultimately, while not living to see the justice, will in fact get justice. Anyhow, welcome to the program. Eric Hayes is in the house. Lee Grant is in the house. Bridge MCP is in the house, as well as is Paul Fleming. I'll Senor Paul Fleming, senior in the house. And we also have ABQ, Michael Rudnan. Michael Rudnan says, got new fiber optic internet upload is supposed to be 12 times faster, but that app I'm using, I haven't noticed it yet. When when you get symmetric pro symmetric, uh, which is what I have here as well with my cable, I have one gig up, one gig down, and you usually the problem generally is not going to be on your side. It's actually going to be whether the person receiving your data can actually get it at the speeds you are able to transmit at. That is where the issue is going to be. Welcome aboard, brother Robert Davenport. Welcome to Politics and Right, as well as. E2247. Thank you guys all for being here. We're going to have a great show for you today. Okay. So yeah, congratulations on your new high speed, brother ABQ. All right. We also have in the house, uh, let's see, uh, Bridge says, Fulton County District Attorney Fanny Willis told a judge that a special grand jury report into the matter should remain sealed to protect the ongoing criminal investigation and the rights of potential defendants in the case. Saving charging decisions are imminent. In this case, the state understands the media inquiry and the world's interest, but we have to be mindful of protecting future defendants' rights, Willis said. It's not appropriate at this time to have this, uh, to have this report. Uh, wait, hold on. MacArthur plans to remove Omar from foreign... It has to pass the whole Senate, though. I mean, the whole Congress. Anyway... It's not appropriate at this time to have this report released, though Willis did not reveal the contents of the report. Her reference to potential defendants suggests that charges may be filed based in part on the jury's finding. What I hope they don't do, right, is continue to attack the little people. Like, you know, that alternate slate? My gut feeling tells me they're going to they're gonna prosecute the alternate slate, but they need to also prosecute the organizers of the alternate slate who gave the possibility of there even being the existence of an alternate slate. Eric Hayes says, in fighting, hmm, let's see, Schiff should not lie about things and Swalwell should not have spies for uh, mates. And we'll, Omar, that is just what it is. And what is, what is it with Omar? Please tell me. It's amazing. You can't say what, right? You can't say why it is that he wants her off the foreign uh, committee, right? You can't say, why would he want the only African-born person who could give context to a foreign relations committee, right? You have a perspective from an Afri a born African 
that could give you perspective if you really want to have a foreign committee. But just for the help, well, you want to take them off. It, 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 shows, it, shows the, it shows the lack of seriousness when it comes to how Republicans would like to legislate. They don't want to know things to help in their legislation. They just want to do. Anyhow, Benich says the House is doing what the extremists say. I don't care about the fallout right now, just what the extremists will do. There you go. The extremists are, well, you know that that's what they are, extremists. Eric says four Pinocchios for Swalwell as he brought up Washington Post gave the rating. That's not true. It's there. I looked it up. You can yourself as well. So do it. Uh, Lee Grant says, hey, all, how you doing, Brother Grant? Eric, uh, let's see, Paul. Fleming says, DirecTV officially dumps Newsmax. It's not a Newsmax. It's a news minimum or a news lie. So I, I think that's a good idea. Bridge MCP says, great, Paul. Senior Robert Davenport says, stings progressives. Uh, let's see, uh, E2247 with his retort. Hello, relatives. Today is going to be the greatest ever visit as usual. Thank you, my brother. Yes, you are right. And we have Dems in-house must pay attention to new rules to live by, and they set the standards to go forward. Uh, it'll last a couple years, but you know what? A lot of Republicans will start teaming up with Democrats because they don't want to be labeled the nutcases. They hate on Representative Omar because she wears a hijab. You are so right about that, Mr. Davenport. You know, I don't know if you know, but out there in, I love, I, first of all, I have always loved that woman. She carries herself with the necessary poise. You name it, she got it. And uh, what I'm trying to do, what I want to do is something special here because I, uh, Ilan Omar, uh, let me see, but I, I, I think I may still have that interview that I did with her. Let's see if I if I have that interview. Claire, no, I, I want it. I should play that interview with you because she she laid it out perfectly. She laid it out perfectly. Ilan Omar did. If I can find that interview, it's probably on my G drive. Let's see if I can find that interview because I think it is perfectamente importante for what she had to say when she went ahead and said, you know, it's amazing that they're coming after me, right? Why are they coming after Ilan Omar? Let's see if I, I'm going to try to find it for you because it was a solid interview. But anyhow, going on with the rest, where is it? Come on, folks. Bear with me a second, people, as I find Ilan. Uh, let's see if I, I can do it this way, Ilan. And this, this way I may be able to find it. There we go. There we go. I think that's it. And what I am going to do, and hopefully we can get it done, is to go ahead and here we go. I think I got it. I, by the way, I think I can. I want to play you guys this. It's 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 relevant based on what Eric is saying here. Listen to her words. 
Representative Ilan Omar, let me first tell you that as an immigrant myself, you are a hell of an honor to have representing us all in Congress. Where are you from? I am from Panama, Central America. Okay. Okay. Now, I find it ironic that uh, today, from those who many a times have been attacking you on unfortunately for wrong reasons are the ones that are putting our democracy at risk. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is ironic, right? People who have said that I was an American, um, are, are truly now showing how un American they are. Uh, they have contempt for our democracy, for our republic, for our constitution. Um, and it just goes to show, uh, that immigrants really do represent the best of us. Like, no one really loves this country, um, like people like myself and you and all of the immigrants. We chose to be we here. We chose to be here. And I, and, I, and really feel, extreme gratitude for our adopted home that has given us every opportunity that could be available to us. Now, I think one of the problems we have is we have a problem getting our message out. And one of the reasons I do what I do as independent media is to ensure that your message and the message of many others is not misconstrued. It's not really twisted. So my question to you is, um, what do you have to tell? I don't want you to speak to the people, the choir. I want you to speak to my, the, the portion of my audience mm-hmm. that is right wing that really are not informed from somebody like me, mm-hmm. but it's informed by all the wrong people. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, what, what can I, what can I say to, uh, those folks? Um, you know, it's, it's really important that people understand that you know the 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 American experiment is something that a lot of people have reference for um, a lot of people uh, really look up to it across the world um, I grew up and was raised by a father and a grandfather that were born in colonized Somalia mm-hmm. all they wanted to do was participate in a democracy uh, and so we have an incredible opportunity in this country to have one of the greatest constitutions you know to have, to live in in a country that has open society where you can actually shape um, you know the the outcome of your life uh, in in your own way, um, and I and I think I just want to remind people that you know when the founding fathers um, developed the constitution, uh, they they wanted us to continue to create a more perfect union in every work that we do today, whether it is the expansion of access for people to, uh, to the ballot box or whether it is trying to make sure everyone has health care that they need so they're not going bankrupt because they got sick or whether, you know, it's like passing the legislation I passed to feed our babies' bellies before we feed their brains. All of those things really help create that more perfect union and we have to be in it together as Americans in this country. Couldn't have been said any better. One last question and I'm done. I know you're very tired from being out there. So um, do we win or do we keep the house? Yes or no? I'm very optimistic about us uh, keeping the House and hopefully growing our majority and doing the same in the Senate. And then we get to do incredible things in the next two years. Representative Ilan Omar, thank you so kindly for having spoken to Politics Done Right. Thank you. And by the way, I was the only one that her husband, which was really guarding her then. You remember what was going on in August? And I was the only one who actually got the interview. He said, find an empty room away from all of this and we'll do it. I said, okay, I got it. But anyhow, um, here's the deal. 
our beautiful lady out here. By the way, welcome aboard, Jules Ray Winfield. Welcome aboard, Lee Grant, as well as welcome aboard, Stacy Potter. Uh, May Wood, I didn't have the show today. I got preempted on KPFT for a business program today, uh, talking about the new shows that we are bringing on on KPFT. So that's why you didn't hear me on there today. And uh, but I'll be back on KPFT on Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays as usual. Now uh, to Stacy Potter. Wrong. She hates America. In that interview that I did with with uh, Ilan, she told you exactly what should make somebody like yourself say, "Oh my God, Ilan is right. She's the one here. She's one protecting the country." Those folks on January six, they are the ones that, when you take a look at them, not following the Constitution, they're not doing the things that they should. Let's let's be frank. Let's be frank. All right, let's see what else we got here. Para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. Someone is talking like the, he's talking about regarding Ali. I wasn't the one who said the jihad, hijab, I mean, but you know, uh, the truth of the matter is many don't like her because she's a Muslim, and that is the truth. And you know, they should get over it. This country is not founded on religious principles or having to pass some religious test. Uh, para ver, she has dealt with her anti Semitic statements, you know. Her anti-Semitic statements is debatable, right? Uh, I believe it or not, I'm never, I've, I've never really, because I know where my heart is, I never really have to cater my words. But it's amazing that after I said a particular something on one of my shows, a, a friend looked at me and said, you know, they are going to claim that is anti-Semitic. And Lee Grant, that's not a fair choice. She has a nice guy that's her husband now. She divorced her other husband, like many people get divorces. Don't believe all the crap that you read, sir, about having a brother and all that. Don't believe all that kind of stuff. It's there to just screw your, with your mind. Uh, let's see. Jules Ray says, I hate the fact that a lot of Americans, especially in this chat and on your radio show, feel like people hate America because we don't find it to be perfect as is. Uh, we actually, those of us who want the change, Ray, are the true Americans. The Constitution says to create a more perfect union, which means it's not already perfect. We have to work towards that goal. Of course, we have to work towards that goal. When this country was founded, only 5% of the people could vote. When this country was founded, I was only three-fifths of a person. That's very evil. When this country was founded, women could not vote. That is very wrong. When this country was founded, there weren't rights for workers. When this country was founded... Kids could be worked to, to, to death. We can go on and on and on and on. And what did we do in this country? We made this a better country. So please, let's be frank here. This country started on very tenuous grounds. This country started in a, with a lot of sins. The sins of genocide, the sins of slavery, the sins of uh, anti-Semitism, the sins of anti-sexism, uh, the sins of misogyny. All of that was a part of this country. And some of it was actually codified within the Constitution. But we together, those of us who love the country, we work towards making it live up to what many people have said or claimed it is, it was, that it never was. That is what I call true patriotism. True patriotism. No, Lee Grant, it's just not evil America time. It's truthful America time. There is absolutely nothing that I have just said 
that is incorrect and that cannot be corroborated by things that you yourself already know. Uh, Robert Davenport says, having traveled to Somalia during the height of your conflict and seen how far Ilan Omar has climbed, I am so impressed by her. Immigrants are truly the lifeblood of America. Absolutely so. I am an immigrant as well. Proud one. Many of those original sins continue today, as Peggy Lopez says, but I have to get started with our interview. So let's go ahead and get busy and we'll be right back. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Run-Up. Humberto is your host today. We are uh, honored to speak to Chivas Watson. And this is an interesting story. We've been talking about police brutality for some time now and the effects of it on people. However, this one hit uh, close to home in that uh, Mr. Watson, a member of the Houston Peace and Justice Center here in Houston, working on these issues, was uh, once again a victim of what should we call it? Overzealous police officers. Anyhow, welcome to Politics Done Right. Uh, Chivas, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Still a little injured, um, but but working through it. All right. I tell you what, let's let's get started this way. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself before we get into what occurred to you. Tell me a, a little bit about who you are. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner, um, a community advocate. Um, a service provider, a project manager, that kind of thing. Um, but, but against all labels, I'm a community member. I run a, non, a nonprofit. I, I also work with the Houston Peace and Justice Center. Um, I'm usually between Austin, Houston, San Antonio, um, doing direct service projects and initiatives. How could this kind of stuff continue happening to everyday community members? Well, let, let's get started with what actually occurred because as it turns out you're driving into town and uh -huh. tell a story so we're in north north houston tomball area and you know i'm i'm dropping my, my significant other and child off at the house uh, i've got a sister friend of mine in the front seat uh we've we'd spent a couple of hours together and so I approach a stop sign 200 to 250 feet from our street. I stop, but even to this day, if you were to uh, come to this intersection, you'd see stuff in the yard to the right and the left. Um, given that this was a holiday weekend of, of, you know, in observance of the holiday of Christmas, there was Christmas decorations in the yard. So when I had stopped, I couldn't see around the corner to my left. This was a four-way stop sign. As I hedged up a little bit, I saw a police officer coming from my left, having, having to go over 40. So initially, I did not know if he was going to stop. So I hedged up a little bit. And when I saw him slowing down, I proceeded further. As I proceeded further, I told, you know, my um, my colleague in the passenger seat, I think he's going to think I ran the stop sign. I proceed, you know, further. Again, it's a short distance between the stop sign and our street. And I put my blinker on to turn left. He puts his emergency lights on. Our house is the fourth house from the turn. Um, so I, I merely parked in front of the house. I waited a few seconds, you know, maybe five, 10 seconds. And I did not see him exit the car. So I chose to exit the car, my car. And I did this because I know my constitutional rights. The Castle Doctrine, federal statute passed in 2007, said that you have the right to protect your castle and your castle being defined as your home, your place of business, but also your vehicle. Um, with Philando Castile in mind and other, other men you know, killed by the police in mind, I decided 
to get out of my car and share the dialogue with the police officer. I didn't have any weapons, um, nor did I have any warrants. And so I get out of the car and I close the door and I show my hands and I yell to the police officer's um, car, hey, I don't have any drugs, any guns, any warrants. And I do not think you saw me stop back there, sir. I'd like to talk to you. A few seconds go by and he slides out of the car. I take a step up to the back seat where my significant other and child are to safeguard this door. As I noticed the police officer sliding out of the car, I also noticed the other two uh, individuals in the car, they're looking. So we all see this police officer slide out of the car and his beanie was halfway off of his head and he didn't have any gear on, you know, like a body camera or anything like that. And he looked he looked either drunk, um, disheveled, completely unprepared. Right. He says, you need to get back in the car. I safeguarding the back door of my car. I say I actually don't have to get back in the car. So I'm trying to talk to you at this time. I was still by my car. He says, OK. And he doesn't say OK in a in a vulgar, aggressive um, angered tone whatsoever. He says, okay, slides back in the car. The way he said, okay, I thought maybe he knew that I knew my rights. So he, he you know, we would have this interrogation. Yeah. A few seconds go by, he slides out of the car. His beanie, you know, is affixed and his body cameras on. He starts walking towards me at which I decide to walk from my car and meet him in the middle of our cars. As he reaches me arm's length, he grabs me and arrests me. I knew that resisting uh, to the state legislator was defined as bending, shaking, rattling, rolling, moving your body, that kind of thing. So I, I, I merely embraced the arrest and I asked him, what are you doing? He throws me on my car. Keep in mind, he's arrested me. I still have cuts on my fingers. He's grabbed me, arrest me. I say, what are you doing? He throws me on my car which rocks my car, my, you know, my, my, my baby, my baby boy is in the back seat in the car seat. Then he throws me on his car and then ushers me to the back seat, the driver's side back seat. He does not grab my head and try to lead me into the seat. He's slamming me the same way he threw me on my car and on his hood. He's slamming me into the back seat in, in, in Egberto, I'm, I'm, I'm six, three, you know, when he sees that, when, and I don't know if I want to say he sees, but he's like exhausted of that because he tries to slam me three times in the video in which we posted. You see me after having been, you know, again, slammed saying, sir, this is a traffic stop. After this, he reaches down and he takes my left leg from under me. I instantly fall down, Igberto, and, and, and the distance between the car and the curb had to be no more than five feet. I could have broken my back or my neck and, and instantly been killed while my family was sitting there watching, protesting. As I'm arrested, I fall into the ground, Egberto. He immediately, uh, Constable Deputy Corey Alston of uh, Mark Herman's Precinct 4 Harris County Constable Office, he digs his knee into my neck instantly. Did you have cuffs on? I was already cuffed. I had been cuffed. I had been cuffed for some time at this point. I had been cuffed upon the initial the initial contact. 
You know, I'd been I'd been cuffed off the original initial contact. He he didn't tell me, sir, you're under arrest. He didn't say, sir, you're under arrest. And this is why he just walked up, grabbed me and arrested me. And so as this has progressed where I'm, you know, my hands are behind my back and I'm on the ground and he's got his knee into my neck. I can feel my breathing being restricted. And I'm simply trying to protest the, the best that I can, telling him you don't have the authority. You know, I'm going I'm, I'm going to handle you, man. You know, I, I know my rights, so on and so forth. My significant other is recording in shock, in complete shock. She's had to abandon the baby and run to record this because she's she's literally watched it as I've gotten out the car. The police officer slid out of the car, went back in the car, got out of the car, walked up to me. She's seen this whole thing. So uh, time out. The, the police officer by then had a body cam on as well, correct? So there's I then had a body camera on and there's and it and it, it recorded all of this. I I don't know if it was on or not. Okay. I do not know. But your you know. your your significant auto recorded it. Yeah, but we'd already started recording from from two different devices. But we've also got a neighbor who's got a roof camera. And so this is also this is also uh, captured there. And so as, as he's digging his knee into my neck, he's calling for backup as if Egberto, I'm resisting, you know, putting up a fight. You know, I've merely taken this 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 uh, this force, this brutal force, um, this shock. This 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 shock of action, you know, I, I surely wasn't expecting this. My colleague that was in the passenger seat, she's since up to this point seen everything. And so she runs as close as she can to the police officer trying to capture his his credit credentials. And she's asking him, what is your name? What is your name? You don't have the authority to do this. And if you watch the video, he abrasively responds to her, you know, her with her hands wide open, no weapons, you know, an older woman and 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 not threatening him, not threatening him, but saying you don't have the authority. He demands her to get back there, get back there, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's like handling this like. You know, he's captured a, a war criminal. He gets me in the car and and it's no longer about the stop sign. But hey, brother, that's why he put his emergency lights on. I, I thought police were supposed to put their emergency lights on, you know, in the event of an emergency with an injured party. Um, but he, you know, he put his lights on. Um, he throws me in the car and now it's about the car registration um, not being on the fr- on in the front windshield, we're yelling to him, me from inside and them from outside, that I'd just been gifted this car, and that we've got a black folder in the back seat with everything, with the title, with the rebuilt vehicle statement, with the insurance copy of my driver's license, um, you know, all the things, all the things. The paper tag, <laughs> the the paper, you know, like the paper license plate, you know, this exacerbates his anger. It's, you know, it's demeaning language to the to the to the now three women that are outside in the in the neighbor that's watching for the next 90 minutes. It's about my car. And then they search my car. Did they have authorization to search your car. I was never asked to search my car. I was never asked. It was never, you know, no officer came back to me in the backseat of the car and said, hey, we're going to search your car. Um, We're just saying this because we need your authorization. 
Nothing. Nothing. Um, the the arresting officer, Austin, was heard by my colleague. He said that there was an odor in the car. And so he asked his supervisor if if there was, you know, if he could establish probable cause. This had nothing to do with the traffic stop. The traffic stop was supposed to be about the stop sign. And so the arresting officer, they they moved to search my car in which I've got, you know, uh, a copy of Texas's traffic law and criminal <laughs> in a <laughs> criminal procedure traffic manual that, you know, this this combination book with procedure and, and codes. Um, you know, things for my service initiatives like diapers, diaper bags, uh, water, that kind of stuff. He comes back to the car, looks me up and finds out that I'm a felon. He tells me, oh, you're a criminal. Yeah, you're a criminal. Some minutes after, Egberto, they, you know, they transport me to a gas station around the corner. You know, the ladies had asked if I was going to jail. They, he said, yeah. He said he was towing the car. The car was parked in front of, you know, our house. Your house, yeah. Says they're going to take me to jail. You know, I swallow this. I've been to jail before, but I'm confused when they bring me to the gas station around the corner. They take me out of the car. Obviously, I'm still I'm still handcuffed and I'm violently searched. My 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 private parts are jerked and my buttocks are stretched open. After this happens, I am then choked by Officer Austin for an extended amount of time. As I'm choked, and again, this officer is restricting my breathing, I notice that the gas station attendant steps outside. I move my eyes and I see the lieutenant motion to the supervising officer, not the arresting officer, because he's got his hand on my neck. The gas station attendant goes back inside and the lieutenant follows him in there. He comes back out and I... I'm I'm left in the car again for another hour before I'm transported to Harris County Jail. When I get to Harris County Jail, even though my fingers are bleeding and I'm limping, I'm not referred to any medical assistant or any medical profession. I'm asked to strip naked, take off my socks, more more searching, and then I'm thrown in booking. After about 90 minutes, I, I, I move or, you know, I think two hours, I move upstairs to holding yeah, around 115, got moved to holding. And a couple of hours later, I count almost, you know, roughly 80 people upstairs in the morning of December 25th. And over 50 people have been had also had a had a violent arrest, had, you know, physical abrasions and, and scratches, bloody, that kind of thing. And I sat back and I wondered how often did this happen? in Houston between between, you know, all of the police departments, the Houston Police Department, the Harris County Sheriff's Office, your constables, your Texas Rangers, your uh, DPS agents, your FBI agents. How, how often were people arrested without a warrant and there be, you know, there, there's no not there's no non-custodial or custodial interrogation that takes place? No informing of rights, no informing of arrest. How often did this happen and how often did it result into abuse, um, into aggravated assault? Um, I got out. I got out the 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 following uh, afternoon. I got it out. I got out the following afternoon. Uh, December 25th, uh, you know, about 2 p.m. Uh, we went to urgent care and confirmed that I had a pulled hip and groin, um, a bruised clavicle, um, short-term loss, 
short-term memory loss, a broken finger, cut fingers and bruised, um, bruised wrist. And you were not resisting arrest. At no point did I resist arrest. Okay. At, at no point did I bend, shake, rattle, roll, move, evade, jump. Um, I just didn't. Now, when what I, happened when I went after to, that? Did when they when they released you? Uh, did you did you uh-huh. see a judge? I never saw a judge. I saw. A, I, I given my first this is my first charge in Harris County. Um, I I just saw pretrial services and they had already affixed it for me to get a, a personal recognizance bond. I sat back and I wondered, Egberto, how could I get such a violent arrest with a personal recognizance charge bond? With, charged with a misdemeanor that I, I was I was just like that can't be the case. And then released <laughs> released from jail the next day on a Sunday. Be that as it may. Now, now, you know, thank God that the, the courts are moving like that. But it but instead of me hanging my head with guilt because of something I'd done, Egberto, I had the nasty smell of mass incarceration. I had the nasty smell of it like it had just, you know, whipped me up during a traffic stop. Again, you know, wh- whether I was when, when did they when did they find out that you had a record? Did they find that out when they stopped you after they stopped you or? After I, would, I after I had already been arrested. Okay, so then that's that's when they went and checked the uh, pulled your record. After they uh, after they uh, started to search my car, and then that's when they took you to the gas station. After they realized that you you were in file, you had a record. Yeah, and then they took you to the gas station away from uh, you know in in sort of a con- away from the watchful eye of my family. Yeah, right. Okay, away now, from the neighbors who were all coming out. Yeah. Now, do you have a court date? So upon release, I was given an arraignment date. And so I, I went to court. Um, I went to court on the fourth or the fifth um, that following that following Friday, that following Friday, that same Friday, I went to um, to court. And it was it was an interesting process, an interesting court process, Egberto, because I am a you know, I'm a student of law and um you know, not just American law, but international law and common law and how that aligns with or how that stands, you know, uh, with the United, with the American Constitution. And so um, I found it really interesting to had entered this arraignment and it transformed into a probable cause hearing in which I could not participate in. And I know that, you know, the Sixth Amendment grants me that that examining trial per se. And I know that the Sixth Amendment grants me a speedy trial, that speedy meaning without unnecessary delay. And that in the in trial, not necessarily meaning the final trial, but the hearing date. And the Sixth Amendment also grants me a right to a lawyer. And that's not just a lawyer, but adequate counsel, uh, effective assistance of counsel. But I also know that the Sixth Amendment grants me the right the liberty to exculpatory evidence. And I know based on that constitutional right that it's the prosecutor's job to observe, review and apply any exculpatory evidence that's to be in my favor as the accused. I found it really interesting that the prosecutor could speak on behalf of the criminal complaint filed by the police officer, but the police officer was not present. And the prosecutor's spoke on behalf of this criminal complaint, Egberto, that Judge Raul Rodriguez found probable cause for the arrest and denied me participation in the process, meaning I could not speak or defend or confront my accuser. I had to 
on the record, except this criminal complaint lodged against me. Egberto said that I sought out the police officer, that I was at his hood and seeking out a fight, and that me and the officer were fighting on the ground as he tried to arrest me. And I'm sitting there with a broken pinky, back spasms, Egberto. But wait, but let, let, let's, with all of that, you know, you, they could claim that you got cut and all of that from resisting arrest, but you have video that shows the but we have video and the Absolutely. problem is you were not able to show your video before the judge said it there was probable cause and, and i know that he could have you know he could have received my my exculpatory evidence reviewed it and dismissed the case right, right. there so where are we now with the case <laughs> so i've been reset to february 6th um you know to give me time to reconcile some of my legal my legal obligations, such as um, if I decide to hire counsel, uh, legal counsel, um, you know, subpoena any records that I may want, um, subpoena any evidence that I may need that's not, you know, on my own uh, device and um, and figure out how in the next hearing we can meet the burden before us and get a dismissal on all charges. Um, I was set with a with a with with bond conditions um, and Judge Rodriguez set me just just one bond condition and, and that's not having any firearms. But I, I tried to express to the judge that this was foolish altogether because I've got I've got a, I've got a I've got an actual civil rights complaint. <laughs> you know, I'm, judge, I'm, I'm the, you see this this sling on my pinky. And so I felt I felt I felt violated. I felt. I felt un-American. Uh, I, I, I felt I felt second right. You know, you know, I'm there. I'm ready. You know, I've got the officer asked the pros- the judge asked the prosecutor if there was any OR. I'm sitting there like we've got the OR. <laughs> What's the we've OR? got the official, official recording. Got it. You know, like, you know, I, I thought about I thought about Darius Elam, who, who'd been, you know, hooked and booked in the Harris County criminal justice system and has since served 40 years um, in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice for, for a charge he's innocent of. I thought of Anthony Graves. Um, on death row. Hooked and booked through the same criminal, you know, Harris County Criminal Justice Center, uh, Center and served 18 years on death row. You know, I, I thought about these guys like like there's no voting your way out of that. So what 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 do we do now? What's what are your plans uh, right now? So uh, we've got a petition uh, going in which we are um, asking for solidarity throughout communities around the world um, that stand against police violence, uh, police murder, police um, brutality, but also prosecutorial misconduct and criminality, uh, judicial error. Um we want to be able to show this petition um, and, and speak to the data within this petition to uh, Lena Hidalgo when she returns back from special leave, Rodney Ellis, Adrian Gar- Garcia, but specifically Leslie Briones, who is the newly elected uh, precinct four commissioner for your precinct for the precinct in which, you know, my family lives in. Um We'd like to speak to them about how sure I've got pain, suffering and damages, physical damages. And this is a but this is immaterial to the the emotion of Houstonians uh, far and wide that, that are that are simply tired of this nature of interaction from such an p- expensive police department. P- people are people are just tired of hearing that these are the outcomes. People are tired of of thinking that they've got to be nervous with the police. And so we're also seeking to use this petition and and, and other advocacy to influence policymakers. So, Chivas, where where do we go from here? What what are your plans to turn your mishap 
into a positive for the community at large? Uh, for sure. That's a great question. Um, like I said, we've got a petition um, running that we that we that it, that's existed for a little over a week. Uh, we've had nearly 3000 signatures from around the world of community members who are, are tired of police abuse, violence, murder, prosecutorial misconduct, criminality, judicial error, uh, legal corruption. Um, we want to use the, the data from this petition, uh, not the personal identifying data, but, you know, the demographic data, the 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 research data, the participatory data, uh, and meet with Harris County operators such as uh, Lena Hidalgo, Rodney Ellis, Adrian Garcia, but specifically um, Leslie Briones, who oversees Precinct 4, um, in which the Mark Herman Constable Office um, resides in. Um, I, I'd, I'd say we'd like to meet with the city of Houston, but the city of Houston simply doesn't move on police uh violence whatsoever. So we're going to use this legislative time in the 88th legislature to use this petition and other advocacy efforts, such as our press conferences, amplifying that Harris County police are abusive, but so many other police departments and police officers are abusive. Um, we're going to hold press conferences like we, um, you know, throughout the state. We we have one in Houston this past Friday in front of the Harris County Criminal Ju Justice Center. We'll have one in Austin um, this Friday in front of the Austin Police Department. Um, and then we'll also have one in Bear County in San Antonio the following Friday in downtown San Antonio. Now, how was the attendance um, at the Houston um, press conference? The Houston piece, uh, the, the Houston press conference was uh, legitimately attended by Houstonians who care. Um, we had representation from uh, local nonprofits such as Effective Revisions, um, the Houston Peace and Justice Center, Black Gold Nation, the Honey Brown Hope Foundation, um, other individual community members that that you know stand against solitary confinement um, and, and different justice reform issues. Did any of the Houston media show up? The Houston media informed us that they would and they did not. None of them showed. None of them showed. Amazing. Amazing. Well, let Fox, me Fox 26 had indicated interest as well as ABC uh, 13, as well as the Houston Chronicle. And nobody showed up. Um, but but it's all good because we didn't necessarily do it for that. We did it to get the, the message out and to share it far and wide. And so, you know, we've got the content from the press conference. We've got um, feedback from others, other community members. And we're going to keep the, the show rolling. Uh, like I said, here in Austin this week and San Antonio the week after. Um, we, we are looking to file um, state and federal um, complaints upon the police officer and in, in, in the police department and um, and see this misdemeanor charge that I've gained. Uh -huh. See this through. See this through to a complete dismissal of of charges. Well, uh, Chivas, let me tell you, we are going to include with this uh, interview and with some of the other documentation that you've sent me, uh, the videos that actually corroborates what you are saying. Uh, give, I, I, I find it amazing that uh, with all, all the data that you have, including the videos that the mainstream media had, uh, the quote unquote mainstream media has not taken an interest into this case, which is which should have been apropos. Now, um, we're we're also going to make sure that this this gets um, some coverage within the the um, independent media because again, uh, I think as you said earlier, people are tired of an abusive force, and again, it, it's irrespective of everything else. Every person that is stopped should be treated exactly as if it's the first time they've ever been stopped. 
and following yeah. the laws that govern exactly how our society should go. Give me a 30 second closer, sir. Aside from my name, my sexuality, my my profession, I'm simply a community member. And 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 I don't want to live in a Houston. I don't want to live in a Houston where we can't talk to police officers, that police officers can't simply talk to us. I don't want to live in a Houston or, or anywhere where everyday working citizens, their behaviors are assumed by the police and we're, we're preyed upon and jumped upon. Um, you know, I, I, I want a fair and equitable procedure and outcome from what the police are, are supposed to do in our communities. But I'd also like that to be, you know, translated through the prosecutor's office and through the judicial bench. I'd like folks to eliminate blind spots, uphold people's rights and establish transformative outcomes for people in the criminal and civil justice system, rather than restrict, penalize and destroy people's lives, no matter if it's a traffic stop, or it's a civil, you know, a civil, a civil hearing, you know, people's lives being destroyed. Uh, I don't I don't think that's what we as property tax payers we invest into the local infrastructure for. I don't I don't I don't think th these are the outcomes that we that we invest in. So thank you so kindly. Chivas Watson. We absolutely. So, um, yeah, Chivas, like I said, he serves on the board with us at the Houston Peace and Justice Center. Uh, look, he's he's been uh, look, he's he's no saint. He's done his time. He's making himself a better person, etc. What drives me crazy is we try uh, there. There's some there are people who've had a hard time in life and they've made some mistakes. We've tried to work with their mistakes and then say uh, we want you to come into society and do a positive that's what this brother did. He came back into society and he worked in the, in the criminal justice system and he worked to get people to lift themselves up, etc. And again, like I said, I, I, I worked with this guy. Uh, evidently, my brother here, Ray, has also worked with him uh, here in the Houston area. And to see that the, how the, the police officers have that animalistic way of doing it's just like what they did to the guy in tennessee right in fact i uh to to tyree nichols uh beat him to a pulp murdered him and you know it's interesting because the it, it shows you that it's a systemic issue but you know it's funny because those five officers in tennessee oh their 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 freedom is over Right, their freedom is over, because if there's one thing uh, they should learn, is that there are two criminal justice systems, and when they are on the other side of the criminal justice system, they will be in the criminal justice system that destroys POCs, because guess what? Ultimately speaking, that's the treatment they will get. That's just the reality of life. Notice what happens when police officers are convicted and which police officers get convicted. Uh, the, they're, they're, they pay their dues and move on. Bless them. Bridge MCP. Let's see what else Bridge has to say. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. Okay, I've got one other video that I want to show you. I have a few minutes here that I want to do it. And this has to do with George Santos. I mean, this guy, this guy, I tell you, trips me out. I can't get it. I can't get enough of him. Check this out. Well, you know what? Uh, Donald Trump did very well. 
he created the art of you know a, a lot of people lie and they when they're caught they are apologetic about it and you know they have to change what they're doing they change their ways at least temporarily well what Donald Trump proved is it doesn't matter if people know you're lying you can keep on lying and those who know you're lying but are of your ilk they let it slide oh you know that's Donald Trump and he also taught that there are some who want to be willfully misinformed. Well, that is now the official modus operandi of the Republican Party. And henceforth, they got a master in George Santos, who came representing, representing New York. What he has proven is that he's learned everything that Donald Trump has taught with regards to lying. And he just does not care. And even as they pull things up on him, it's interesting because the last one he has says he had an interview in uh, with, a, with, I think it's a Brazilian blogger journalist. I tell you what, why don't you listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. That interview also brought us this moment of exquisite irony, where Santos, obviously comes from a family of immigrants, talks about undocumented immigrants. Eu incentivo extremamente as pessoas que querem vir para cá a fazer, mas eu também incentivo que isso seja feito de forma correta, porque eu acho assim. Imagina você iniciar um relacionamento com uma mentira ou com com, com fazendo uma coisa errada, né? Então eu acho que não é uma não é beneficente nem para mim nem nem, nem para você, né? Nesse relacionamento. Imagine starting a relationship with a lie. So yes, according to Santos, he said in Portuguese. So imagine starting a relationship with a lie or something or someone doing something wrong, right? So I don't think it's beneficial for me or for you in said relationship. So, I mean, he lied his teeth out to become a congressman. Will he live by his own words? Of course not. Doesn't have to. Donald Trump proves that people that want your ilk in power, whether you lie or not, they just don't care. The question is, are enough people willing to remain that way throughout the rest of our history going forward to allow a whole bunch of folk into office that have the interests of just a few at hand? And in doing so, the implicit destruction of the country. The implicit destruction of the country. All right, folks, it is that time. We're at 56. Please support our program. Those of you that are on YouTube, please go ahead and click that join button. Become a part of our PDR Posse. I know if you guys met me once a month or whatever, you wouldn't mind saying, Egberto, let's go have a coffee. So please let us have a coffee or two uh, from you. Uh, you can support us in many different ways. You can support us at PayPal by going to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us by becoming a patron and we need a lot, a lot of patrons. 
if you would be fine, if you would find it so kind to become a part of our Patreon team, that's politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon, politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. If you're not on YouTube, but you want to subscribe to YouTube, that would be politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. You can go to our store to purchase our t-shirts, our hats, our all, all the great stuff that we sell to support the show here by going to politicsdoneright.com slash store, politicsdoneright.com slash store. And of course, the books that you see scroll all the times around our, our show, you can get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books. Remember, uh, we also have all of our blogs, either at egbertowillies.com or you can find it at Medium, which is at politicsandright.com slash medium, politicsandright.com slash mediums. All our blogs, etc., are there. And you can subscribe to our newsletter, the Substack newsletter at politicsandright.com slash newsletter. And of course, you can find all the links to find whichever way is best, easiest, more, more comfortable for you to support a program like this that's trying to make a difference, informing, not misinforming, informing, not disinforming, informing, not lying. You can find all our links for support at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Politicsdoneright.com slash support. Let's see if, we, if any final words anybody wants me to mention here. Uh, what we got, para ver if there's anything that uh, Jules Ray Winfield says. I'm particularly partial to the type of work Chivas is doing because I believe the best way to create a more equitable society is to reform the justice system so that people of color have the same opportunity to move forward from a mistake as Americans born in a white middle class family with connection does. That is so true. That's all everybody wants. Equal access to success, not equal outcomes. Equal access to the law and equal outcomes from the law. In other words, if, if both of us are doing cocaine, our judgment should be comparable. That's all we're asking for. No better, no worse. I, My girl, Alistair Waters, let me break in for showing that she got our hat and I didn't see her messaging. If you guys are still here, are you guys still here? Alistair Waters with the hat. I'll make sure to play it, put it on tomorrow as well. Alistair Waters has the hat. Thank you very much, Alistair. That is great. Anyway, folks, I'll be going out of here one more time. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Ow. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.